Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. It's great to be back. Another wonderful day in quarantina. Here in Quarantineville, my quarantine happens to be West Hampton Dunes. Long Island, Suffolk County, which is uh, within the tri-state area now under CDC guidelines for uh, not leaving, uh, although it makes no odds to me. I was living that way anyway, but now we're marked people here in New York. We're the most diseased in the United States. We're infected, man, uh, and uh, we're the most aggressive, too. We would be like uh, Negan's people in when The Walking Dead used to be good. Uh, I'm fresh off a of Peloton. If I if I show beads of sweat, I'm not sick. I'm not infected. I haven't been bit, but uh, I uh, I did to have a Peloton, have a shower, and uh, I thought I was cool down. But I can feel right now a few beads still rising up. So don't be thinking like, oh, Des looks a bit clammy. I don't have a fever. I just did a Peloton. Um. This is just going to be a, a quick episode. First of all, I screwed up, actually. I meant to ask on Instagram, uh, you know, just to, you know, how people are holding up and stuff like that. Just get a little a little feedback on, on where they're at. But uh, for me so far, I'm still in that sort of honeymoon period of almost enjoying it. You know, I'm enjoying being able to do these pods. I'm enjoying uh, learning about Final Cut Pro uh, enjoying, uh, you know, messing around with the content on Instagram, but I know, I know that'll fade even this morning already. When I woke up, I was like, is this an obligation now to do this stuff? But listen, these are low level problems. I'm pretty content and haven't got, haven't got lonely. I'm fostering a dog, uh, Thursday or Friday. The dog is getting spayed and I mean, I'm only available to foster because I live in Ireland after year, and I would never really offer to foster when I'm back here because I feel like, uh, well, I, I would. I didn't even really know it was a thing, but I only feel like fostering is worth it if it's like a benefit to the shelter. So I asked them, and they said, well, it's actually a good benefit for us because we just need anything that creates space, even if it's only temporary. It's handy for us. And it's, you know what? I never knew this is a, this is, I hope this is interesting to you, but I never knew that, uh, you know, pit bulls have become like, you know, they've sort of like overtaken the majority, the majority of dogs in shelters now are pit bulls or pit bull mixes because of, uh, you know, the, 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 the neg, the move against, uh, dog fighting down South and, you know, pit bulls are very complicated, you know? But anyway, I didn't know that from the Michael Vick documentary in 2007, there was a real sort of look after pit bulls vibe. And of course, I'm a, a, a child of the 80s, and I remember the, the negativity towards pit bulls. And anyway, long story short, I'm definitely getting a pit bull mix. And it doesn't bother me. I've always liked pit bulls. My cousin has a pit bull. 
Uh, I've never had a problem with a pit bull, but I know that a lot of people are afraid of pit bulls, and I know that there's a there's a there's a small bit of uh, rational fear there. So my only real concern is how other people react, but we'll see. I mean, the Becky is the dog's name. She's like between four and five years old, and she's had obviously a litter or two. She's getting spayed now. They they, they don't let her leave without being spayed. So that's why I didn't get her straight away. So. Becky and her titties are coming to my house on Thursday. Becky with the good hair. And uh, I look forward to it. I'll foster her. And then I'll really use all my social media. I mean, I don't have that much of a following in the United States, but I'll be using everything to try to get Becky a long-term home. I'll show her off. According to the people in the shelter, she's really like the most social dog. They use her to test all the new arrivals to make sure that they're good with other dogs. So if I can really show her off to just be like, a legend, uh, then I'll be able to find her a home. But I don't know. I, I, I only just met her quickly, took her for a walk. She's very calm. Uh, but she was way bigger than I was expecting in terms of... Uh, she's bigger than her picture, I can tell you that right now. And, you know, these shelters, like, all, a lot of the pictures, they don't look so pit bully. But then when you get there, they're pretty pit bully. And in fairness to the shelter, I asked before I went, I said, this dog's a pit bull, right? And she's like, honestly, all our dogs are kind of pit mixes. That's that's and then I, I I see on all these Twitter accounts, fostering accounts, they're all pits really, eighty percent. So anyway, that's happening, and I know that a lot of you have opinions. And go ahead, fire away in the comments, fire away in my Instagram. I know some people are afraid of pit bulls. I'll be very responsible, and we'll see how social she is with other dogs, and I'll do that in the in the proper way, and um, train her and uh, all that. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm really here because like, I, I, I know I've been complaining about Trump a lot and I, I've suggested on Instagram that I will back off and I'm getting a unanimous flow of energy from my Instagram followers that I should not back off. Um, and it's not right, is it? It's, it, it, it's not right that, the, that in this moment of crisis that the president is like a wind-up guy. You know, I mean, like I watch Fox sometimes and I get wound up, but I also like seeing where they're at, you know, like I like seeing where Fox is at. I like seeing where people who like Fox are at in terms of like what they're seeing, what the big picture is of what they're seeing. But, you know, every now and then when I'm in my car, I'll put on like Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity. And I'm just amazed at how antagonistic it is and how provocative it is in a dangerous way. That, you know, that's their vibe. They're so antagonistic, which is fine. I guess some people get entertained by that, but I, I can't handle it. You know, I, 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 like, I like good debate, but I don't like unchecked, antagonistic uh, propaganda, really. You know, like I get it. It's a point of view, but then they like, they take no responsibility for like nonsensical news stories and every news outlet is guilty of, you know, a, a story that should have been fact-checked more or maybe like, you know, a, a bias that has driven a story to be printed earlier. I get that. Nobody's perfect and I'm no defender of CNN or MSNBC or RTE or BBC. I, I, I'm not defending it. But there are definitely higher standards within certain outlets. That There's just no... There's, you can't deny that. If you deny that, you're just into this like lamestream media, mainstream media, dismiss all stories that don't suit your point of view, you know? And, you know, that's one of the things I miss about 
when I'm here versus Ireland. And, you know, listen, I don't think the Irish media is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they still have those laws that mean that they have to put forward uh, an opposing point of view, particularly on, on, on hot subjects like, like abortion or the gay marriage referendum or in a situation like this, you know, they would have to give a right, of, you know, a, a right of response to somebody who's, say, ripping on Trump like I've been doing. Uh, if, if I was on RTE right now, they would have to have uh, they would have to have the opposing point of view, which they would naturally have anyway, you know, and, and just in general, it's just it's just calmer, less antagonistic, you know, analysis of what's going on. And here there's so much of this, uh, this, this vibe, which is entertaining. And that's because they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that legislation anymore. They got rid of it. I can't remember what it's called, but you don't have to give the other side here. They changed that. That's how this right-wing radio rose up. And it's funny, the right-wing media constantly complain that the mainstream media are against them and that the television is just full of liberal ideas. But the AM, the AM radio is almost entirely conservative uh, mouthpieces, like really angry sort of rants, uh, which is what this is. I get it. I, I, I totally get it. And they even tried to do that, like that liberal one. And it didn't work out. I can't remember what that was called, but... You know, the AM dial is, is full of, like, pretty full-on uh, anti-left diatribes, right? And I still listen to it sometimes because I like to see what, what people are saying because I can't stand the fact that America is, is just so divided in terms of its media. It's very hard to get just a little bit more of a well-rounded uh, glance at, at, at things here, you know? Um, and, and hence you get these like insane responses. Like on one side you get this kind of, uh, you know, the right wing, like people saying Trump is great and nothing will stop. And then if there's anything decent, a decent criticism that they can't deny, they'll say, what about Obama? Right. And then on the flip side, you get like the Sean Kings of this world. And it's just like, shut up. You know, you're just looking for something to complain about. So it's just too much. It's too divided. I, I, I do. I, I admit it. I'm like a centrist. In fact, before I wrote me a mama last year, I was thinking about a new show and I was thinking about the fact that there's like no center anymore. You know, that there's like, there's no place to be where you can be like, you know, I guess I, I guess I'm a, a like a European social Democrat. That's where I stand. But, uh, you know, I, sometimes, you know, I think things go too far on either side. You know, that, that, that used to be like the, the majority. But now that's like, that's like a cop out now. So I was going to call my show No Fence to Sit On, you know, because you can't sit on the fence anymore. You're, you're with us or against us. So I was going to call the show No Fence to Sit On. I didn't in the end. But it's been on my mind, the fact that this center has been hollowed out and there's just all this angry stuff. Anyway, this is a long way of introducing the fact that the president of the United States during a, a global crisis that, that is so serious shouldn't be like giving me the Rush Limbaugh feelings. You know, he shouldn't be giving me the Sean Hannity rant feelings on the radio. You know, he, he should be at least giving me a sense that despite our differences, we're in this together. And he does not give that feeling. In fact, it's just... It, it's infuriating watching his his press conferences, and and I I think from my sharing on Instagram, I, I I see that this is this is a universal feeling for a lot of people. They are getting infuriated at a time where they're looking for some fucking some sense that this is going to be dealt with, and I don't mean like denial of the seriousness or false optimism that Trump was pumping out because a lot of people criticize me saying what's wrong with giving people hope. It's like have you ever seen in the name of the Father? Stop giving me die false hope. 
You're giving them false hope. You can't give people false hope. What's the point in that? Why don't you give them a sense that you're on top of this? Because fucking saying to people a week ago, it's going to be done by Easter, and then saying some yesterday, actually, nah, April 30th. Like, these, those things don't give people hope. They give people a sense that you haven't a clue what you're doing. And that's actually the opposite of reassuring. It, it, it just reminds us of a sense that we really don't think you care. And you, you, we really think you're in over your head and you don't have the ability, you don't have the skills to deal with this because all your skills are marketing and, and conning people and worrying about yourself, which you're great at. I got to admit, Donald Trump, you are incredible at that, you know, but that was fine for a while and we've all been plugged in, you know, infuriation is entertainment. We've all been plugged in. I've put your name into Twitter so much over the last three years to see what next Trump drama is. I'm guilty. Hands up. I'm guilty. I completely bought in to the nonsense of the Donald Trump is president show, you know, but it's, it's no longer entertaining to be infuriated. It's actually frightening. And yesterday was like, I, I, it was kind of my wits end because first of all, he tweeted about the ratings during the day and it's just like somebody, it can't be. You can't tweet about how good your press conference ratings are. You can't do that. People are dying and more people are going to die. And it's like it hasn't even gotten to the serious point yet. And the images aren't coming out. That's what I don't understand. Actually, two things I don't understand is, uh, one, how are people not more outraged? I, I cannot fathom why there is not like a national outpouring of shut the fuck up about this guy. That's one thing I can't understand. And the second thing I can't understand is how we're not getting more evidence of the struggle. It's kind of leaking out of the hospitals. And I understand that there, apparently there's some restrictions and safety stuff, but I see the tweets and I see limited stuff on Instagram and even on TikTok of the stress that these medical professionals are under. But not enough that people aren't up in arms over the fact that Trump made this insinuation that people in New York are hoarding masks or stealing masks. Just some insane insinuation with nothing to back it up. And what's, what's so insane about this is that he does this all the time, just throws out some fucking nonsense that just fades because it'll be the next nonsensical thing in a couple of days and we'll forget. And somehow he keeps getting away with it. It's actually, it's, it's mind-boggling how much he gets away with just like throwaway nonsense. Like last week, he's literally saying, Kate, wouldn't it be great to see everybody in a church? And it's like, yeah, it would be great. But why are you saying this to people? And now he's saying it was, a, it, it was, it, it was an aspiration. That's what he said. It was an aspiration. But dude, your aspirations affect people's behavior. Yeah, your aspirations and your the army on Fox News pushing that this is almost like an overreaction. That that was the vibe that was coming off. You see, you forget. It's not just that you said by Easter, you said the cure is worse than the disease. And now that's gone, by the way. Like Fox News for a week was the cure the worse than the disease. Cure is worse than the disease. It has totally disappeared on Fox today. By the way, I've been watching Fox all morning and all they talked about is the economy. Very limited stories about anything other than the economy and this boat arriving in New York. Now listen, the boat arriving in New York is fantastic. It's fantastic that, you know, some of the actions by the federal government are finally arriving. Yeah, it's all good. We're not, look, like, we'll, in, in, in the future we can look back and be like, listen, Trump reacted too late. Obviously he reacted too late. We all know that, right? But the problem is not only did he react too late, 
But then when he started taking things seriously, he couldn't handle the heat and he tried to back off. He actually tried to go back to his original position. And now, 20, like 24 hours ago, he had to completely back off and be like, nah, that's not happening. But somehow that's okay because that was an aspiration. But that aspiration and that sense that the cure is worse than the disease gave a, a bunch of people a, a feeling that we're overreacting and gave a bunch of people a sense that we don't need to do what we're doing, even though this is the only way to flatten the curve. And Newt Gingrich was on Fox News today talking about Sweden. Now, Sweden is this outlier in, in Europe. And by the way, can I just say that I am aware that I'm just a comic. I, I actually don't claim to be an expert, but I'm just giving my opinion on uh, how everybody's dealing with this like everybody else. So I completely appreciate that I know jack shit, but I also appreciate that we all have our opinions uh, and I'm just trying to follow the advice of the experts. Now, Sweden is this outlier and if it works out good for Sweden, there'll be any number of studies about why they managed to pull off a limited social distancing without shutting everything down. And I've seen a few reports about how there's actually a limited amount of people. A lot of people live on their own and possibly it hasn't been spreading. And the other Scandinavian countries have created a much more serious sort of lockdown type scenario and um, haven't had better results than Sweden thus far. Like they haven't closed their ski resort. Like why any ski resort in Europe is open, I have no idea. Because this is literally like a fucking skier's disease, you know? Like 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 it, it's traveled all throughout Europe in a feckin' ski glove, this goddamn disease. This disease, coronavirus loves skiing. It was like, I gotta get out of China. I gotta go skiing. It's the winter in the Alps, you know? The bloody thing came out of all these ski resorts. Anyway, Sweden is this this outlier. But there are a lot of things that are going on with Sweden. Number one, there's a huge trust in, in, in government there, you know? Plus, they have, like, a great health service. Now, I don't actually know the stats on, like, their testing and stuff like that, but it really doesn't matter because we're past Sweden. We had that chance in, in the States. We had that chance in, in, in January to get on it early, test, trace. We had that chance, and we blew it, okay? And there's a lot of people to blame for that, Right? That's not just Trump. That's the governors. Like everybody was like trying to resist taking the action and they didn't. And now it's gotten out of hand. Okay. So that time is gone. Okay. And that comes from the top down. And I won't just blame Trump for that, even though he was like a straight up denier, like a denier that this was a thing. Right. And obviously we can go back and look at all the things that he said that he's now trying to pretend wasn't the case. Right. But he was a straight up denier. So we're past that point. So there's no point in going on Fox News and being like, we could be like Sweden, right? Not to mention, there's no point in talking about all these places that don't have it a lot. And, and, and the funny thing is that Newt Gingrich is on, on Fox News talking about uh, you know, how some rural communities can get back work and get the economy going. And it's like, mate, let the fucking rural communities get back. Of course, it's not going to spread in these rural communities, but it's not going to stimulate the economy that much. But let them at it. You know? For their sake, let them at it. But that's like a limited That's a limited section of the population you're not speaking in reality you know but all you are doing is giving people a sense that some people deserve to be back in the game when once people get back in the game it's going to start spreading plus there's fucking people getting reinfected in wuhan but i mean hopefully that's hopefully that turns out to just be a relapse and not a reinfection but anyway we won't we won't get into that yet because we don't know many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Anyway, the point is that we don't know about Sweden, but all Fox News, all Fox News, they just, they just constantly lean into this. When can we get the economy back up and running? Which is totally fine. I get it. It's a genuine concern. But you have to keep the focus on, on, on the, you know, flattening the curve for now. But I think that they can't because Trump has done such a bad job at pushing, flattening the curve that they almost they pull away from that to just constantly keep people in this sense that this can't go on forever, you know, but it's going to go on forever unless we take the action. So thank God Trump went back on his Easter miracle. Thank God, you know, and thank God Fauci has, you know, gotten a bit of a chance to sort of take control again of, of, of the message, you know, um, on CNN this morning. Jake Tapper asked Fauci, uh, do you think that uh, there's been consistent messaging from every, you know, every area? <laughs> you know, he was basically saying they think Trump is being consistent, but of course they speak in riddles so that Trump doesn't blow his gasket. And Fauci, it's, it's funny, like I wish I had the clip. Fauci with this little smirk was like, uh, people have different methods of communicating. Uh, and he didn't get into it. And he also, Tapper also asked Fauci about the missing masks and the ventilators and the hoarding. And Fauci was just like, I don't really know anything about that. I'll have to, if I, I can't make any comment, I'd have to look into that a little more. In other words, he just fucking made that up, you know, to take the pressure off himself for not getting the supplies in the first place, because we've known about this since January and you haven't prepared, you know? And then he, he talks about the, the governor of Washington State. He's like, he's just a failed presidential candidate. I'm not going to call him. You know? And then he attacks that journalist from PBS. And she's just asking him a great question. You know? She's just asking him a simple question about the way he talks about not calling governors. Like, as if that's a thing, as if that's a luxury you have to hold on to your petty resentments in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm sorry, buddy, but you, you lost that. You know, you. You lose that luxury in the middle of a pandemic. You just work together. Like, that should be the message all the time. We're in this together. Democrat, Republican parties are gone. We're just in this together. We're just trying to work, you know? But no, instead, he just, like, launches at her, like, a nasty question, and he attacks the CNN guy. And it's like, that's why no one watches you, because you're fake news. And it's just like, dude, it's just like every... I mean, do these people ever watch European press conferences? Like... Like, European interviews, like, they fucking come at RTE, BBC. They come at politicians so hard. And it's the politician's job to have good answers. And from those robust interviews, you actually get really good information. And often you end up respecting the politician more. You know? Oh, who's that? Oh, that's UPS. Nice. Thanks, bro. Something I ordered on Amazon. I... I you can't even tip these guys because it's like real money. 
But uh, I feel I feel I've 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 seen him before. I thanked him, but fair play to him for still working. Um. Anyway. Uh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like the, just the more robust interview style. Like you're. The, the tough questions, like he's always like, why are you asking nasty questions? Why are you asking gotcha questions? That's the whole thing. Why are you so negative? Why can't you be positive? And it's like, well, number one, we can't be positive because you're so full of shit. Like, what are we supposed to do? Just let you keep lying? We're actually trying, we're, we're, we have a desire for information here. And of course, there's an anti-Trump bias on CNN and MSNBC, but that's your job. Obama lived for eight years with an anti-Obama bias on Fox News. You know, I think once or twice he came out and made some criticism of Fox News, but most of the time he just dealt with the fucking questions. You know, you just deal with it. But, you know, he could. He was capable of dealing with the questions. Trump isn't. How can you deal with the questions when you're making shit up? And then somebody says, essentially, a question is like, you're full of shit, right? How can it be? So, yeah, I'm full of shit. You can't say that, can you? So you have to, like, attack them. You know, she's just like quoting what he said on Sean Hannity. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then the other, the CNN guy quotes something that he said oh actually sorry it was the cnn guy was asking about the um the what he said about the governors and then trump was like that's not what i said and he's like reading out the quote and he's like no you you cut it off there and it's like no he didn't bro you know what you said and and then in trump's answer he basically admits it after a long-winded way of trying to suggest that it was like a gotcha moment he basically admits it and then you know that his supporters don't care anyway so it's it's in, it's it's so infuri- that's what I mean. It's just so infuriating. It's it's so frustrating, and you know why why I I always feel like in in Europe we think that the journalists are good when they ask like tough questions, you know, and 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 it's considered a bad interview if it's like too softball, if it's not hard enough. But it's up to the politician to deal with it. Because at the end of the day, it's just trying to find out information, especially in a scenario like this where the information has been so inconsistent. It's like just trying to lock down what's going on. What are you doing? What's going on? We're just trying to lock that down. But anyway, that's all I have to say about that. I was actually screaming at the TV, man. I was screaming at the television, you know? And the fact that he had tweeted that, and then he was just like, yeah, I, I read that. I read, and by the way, he made up what he read. You know? He exaggerated how much people were going on about the ratings. And then, not to mention, I saw one report. Or maybe, okay, I, maybe there was a few reports, but I saw one report maybe a week, week and a half ago, which was, uh, it was about a week ago, the popularity of Trump's press conferences, some of the, uh, the liberal media outlets are going to stop covering them. And now they're still going on about that. I've watched every fucking press conference except for one. I watched one on Fox News where I just happened to be on it. I've watched all the press conferences on CNN. Where's the big conspiracy against Trump's fucking press conferences? We're all watching them. You know, maybe MSNBC has cut back on some of it. You know, they're so fucking long. Some of them just go on to other news. But at the end of the day, they're still showing them. There's no conspiracy, but he's going on. He's up there. He's like, isn't that awful? They won't cover it. They won't cover it. Isn't that terrible? It's like they're covering it, dude. And he always does that. He's always like, you won't see this on the mainstream media. It's like, mate, I've read hundreds of reports on how good the economy is. I've read them all on Washington Post, New York Times. That's who I read every morning. Washington Post, New York Times. That's what I read when I'm in Ireland too. Washington Post, New York Times. Then I read the Irish Times and the Independent until the Independent went behind a paywall. I read all the time positive news about you. And then I read criticism of your insanity and your hor- the horrible way you-, you treat people who criticize you. You know, anyone who steps up against you, you try to crush them with your horrific words like no president I've ever seen before. 
This is not a time where people should be watching the president getting infuriated. This is a time we should be watching the president being like, you know what? I never liked this guy, but he's doing a good job. Because I didn't like Cuomo. I didn't like Cuomo. He's actually got a lot of corruption in his past. Uh, Andrew Cuomo. You know, I've never, I've never liked him. And I never liked the fact that he had a petty squabble going on with Bill de Blasio. I thought that was counterproductive. And I, I actually think that he screwed up the, uh, the fixing of the subway system because they had that great guy that was looking after it and you know he could Cuomo just such a fucking power trip he ran that guy out of town which was unfortunate because he was doing a good job but I love Cuomo now because he's killing it at a time where it's so important so important he's killing it absolutely killing it so much so that I want him to run for president which is I know very difficult and I know that the Sanders people will go absolutely insane and I appreciate how fucked up it would be but right now I don't care I actually don't care. I think Cuomo, I think Biden has to go for a while. I, I, I wasn't wild about Biden. For a while, I thought that one of the centrist candidates was going to rise up. It didn't happen. And then they all sort of corralled around Biden. And that's the way it's gone. I never thought Sanders was a good candidate against Trump. Shoot me if you want. But that's the way I feel. Even though I like Sanders politics. Sanders politics are actually my politics. I just don't like the way he got the message out. I think he spooked everybody. So Biden is not good enough. He should be up every day against Trump. He should be up every day against Trump being like, this is ridiculous what you're doing. This is unacceptable. Your incompetence has made this so much worse than it needs to be. And even after you learned about your incompetence and tried to get on message, you couldn't hold on and you actually fucked up again. And now we're right back where we started. There should be somebody up all the time saying that. Why are you criticizing governors and the woman from Michigan? Why are you saying all this horrible shit? We're supposed to be unified. You know? Unity, unity, unity. Progress. You know? Yes, we made mistakes, but we've rectified them. We're getting it out. We're getting the masks. We're getting the ventilators all the time. We're doing, 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 doing. Biden, Biden should be up there complaining all the time about how Trump's not doing that. But he's nowhere to be seen because, unfortunately, something happened. I actually think something happened recently. Something's not right with him. And for a while, I resisted it because I felt like it was just like conspiracy nuts. And they did that with Hillary Clinton. She was sick, you know. But now I just, he's not sharp enough, man. He's not sharp enough. We need somebody new. We need Cuomo, in my opinion. But I know the Sanders people are going to hang me for that. And I, 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 I throw my hands up and I say, throw your rotten vegetables at me. But at this stage, we can't have another four years of this. It's, 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 it's just not productive. It, it really isn't, in my opinion. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there, guys. You've been, you've, been, you've been great for listening to me. And uh, no chairs broken today, although my back is killing me on this chair. Uh, I hope you're getting all well. It th- won't just be Trump rants on my own, but it is, it is just... Uh, it is just a Trump rant today. Anything you guys want me to talk about, let me know. Um, add me on Instagram, at Des Bishop. A lot of activity on Instagram. TikTok, Des Bishop 5, Silly Dances, The Other Side of Me, The Silliness. Uh, listen to The Shift. There'll be a Shift episode tomorrow morning, probably late tonight after I put this up, uh, with, um, with a sex and relationship therapist, myself and Katie interviewed our, our first uh, Zoom uh, attempt. Uh, so check that out um, subscribe to this podcast subscribe to this YouTube channel uh, subscribe to this podcast if you're just listening um, uh, Des Buffer is my YouTube I really need to start pushing that more uh, and then I guess 
I guess that's it. Leave a comment. Thank you. Some people left some comments, which was great uh, on, on the Des Bishop podcast. I am working hard on renaming it. Uh, if anybody... So the idea behind the podcast, it's not a guarantee because I don't know if Joanne is like 100% committed, but Steve is certainly committed to being a regular guest. Joanne uh, is going to be a regular guest and you know sometimes interviews. So I don't want it to be called a Des Bishop podcast because I don't feel like it's just me anymore. So I'm trying to think of a new name that incorporates the fact that we're like a a collection of people that will be chatting about issues and being silly sometimes and being serious other times. So I'm trying to create a name around that. Like I can't figure it out. Like transatlantic, you know, um, I thought of a, you know, threesome is funny, but you know, first of all, that means that it's always three, which it probably won't be. And then secondly, obviously there's sexual connotations. And, um, I was thinking of a few others this morning that, that have, that have gone out of my head, you know, uh, uh, by coastal, whatever you know, just I, I you know, I, like, I, I just, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm lost on it. I know it's actually not that important, but I'd love to come up with a new name so I could do some new art and really start to push this properly because uh, this used to be my main thing and then it faded and now I'd really like to get it back because I enjoy all this and I enjoy doing the videos and stuff. So anyway, needless to say, uh, any feedback is, is is welcome. Send me some questions because um, I'm on my own doing this. So I'll bang out these every day. I get a lot of questions and feedback and things you want me to talk about and um, uh, thanks Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.